Welcome to the 4Bits Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Aaron, half of the 4Bits team, recording today from New Orleans. I'm an opinionated optimist, DJ, infosec social girl from Chicago with two decades of experience in information technology, security, and social networking. And I'm the other half of the team, Megan Wu. I am currently in Florida, back at home with my husband and small fruit orchard. I've been involved with InfoSec in hacking for the past 10 years and currently pursuing my master's degree in psychology. We're longtime friends here to talk with you about topics that involve or revolve around the information security industry, cybersecurity news, and hacking community. All opinions are our own and could change at any given time, usually within five minutes of stating that last opinion. We hope you enjoy the show. So welcome to this week's podcast, where we're going to recap a little bit of DerbyCon and of ISC Square Congress and dive into thoughts about what it's currently like to express an opinion and debate positively and how personal brands and professional images have evolved over the past decade in information security. That being said, Megan, I know you just got back. You've been on a whirlwind travel tour and you just got back from DerbyCon. How was yeah. DerbyCon? How was the new hotel? And tell us a little bit about some of the talks you saw and especially about your talk. It was a whirlwind 24 hours at DerbyCon. I got in around noon on Saturday because of some travel snafu. You know, it happens. The travel gods are harsh. Yeah. So I got in around noon, wasn't feeling super social. So I went up to my room, took a shower because, you know, you're kind of gross after the airplane. Um, one thing I have to say I haven't mentioned this to you when we kind of talked about the conference before, but one thing I really like about the new hotel is the pressurization, the water pressure in the shower. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. I so it's know. better. It's totally random, but you know how when you travel- the hackers can get clean. <laughs> I know. They're like, we turned it up for y'all. <laughs> you guys smelled last year, even when you were just visiting us. It was great and I felt awesome. And then I caught two talks that friends of mine were giving. There was cloud computing therapy session with Andy Cooper, also known as Integral, and Kara Marie. And then there was We Are the Artillery using Google Food to take down the grids. Chris's trunk and his co-presenter spoke about ways that they found information about different ICS systems, but it was really accessible. I was kind of worried that it would be over my head because I know Jack about ICS, but it was very interesting. And then the rest of my day, I honestly spent most of it in the mental health and wellness village, which was put on by InfoSister and um, Brian Brake. And, and that all was those new other this year, right? Yeah, it was the first time they did that. And I loved it. It was a really good vibe. It was pretty positive and intimate. She had things where you could build anxiety beads which is just some kind of like worry beads or prayer beads, something to hold on to when you're feeling anxious. The talks, although, you know, it's not the normal thing that you see in InfoSec conferences, the people who were giving the talks were really open and vulnerable, and I loved it. It was more meaningful to me personally, and I hope that other cons pick it up. Other than that, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, and (laughs) I was part of a panel with some other amazing ladies about how community involvement can improve your career and how it can be beneficial to your professional life, as well as, you know, being fun and getting that conference t-shirt that we all love. (laughs) So many black t-shirts. But yeah, it was really good. Um, How was or is, I guess I should say, because it's still going on, the Congress. ISC Square Congress, completely different. I feel like we just went on two polar opposite sides of the world with the types of 
conferences. I am at IC Square Congress here in Louisiana. They do it once a year. It's the big Congress event. I've actually been going to these off and on for about five years now. Oh, wow. And I've seen, I've seen some, a lot of evolution, a lot of change. IC Square has really made some positive changes when it comes to diversity. It's a whole different climate now than it was even four or five years ago. They, That's awesome. They, it's good. It's really good. They really want to help. And I feel like, unfortunately, I feel like they're a little behind, not because they want to be. I think it's by design of just how professional conferences, see what I did there? How, yeah. how big professional conferences operate versus more of a grassroots community type conference like a DerbyCon or some of the other ones. So I think that's where things are a little bit different. But from a topic standpoint, let me get to the meat of everything. Yeah. I think it's, fan- I think it's fantastic. Some of the, the topics and talk selections that have happened. It's all about who submits. I mean, they can only do so much for content yeah. if nobody's submitting. And so I'm very happy to, to see a lot of people submitting. And in fact, Chris Sistrunk's going to be giving his talk here tomorrow. <laughs> so with your recommendation, I'm actually going, oh, I'm kind of excited. I'm really hoping it doesn't overlap. I'm one of the moderators at the CISO forum tomorrow, so I'll be occupied for part of my day. But there are a lot of great talks and there are a lot of great people. It really does reach out to a whole different side of the space. And with love it or hate it, with the amount of CISSPs increasing at this exponential rate, they're expecting between one and 3,000 certified professionals before the end of this year. That is insanity. I mean, it's global, but it's insanity right. compared to what it used to be. I mean, compared to where they used to get maybe a thousand a year. And for anyone That's interested in next year, IC Square Congress is going back to Florida. So it's going to be, it's not on property in Disney, but it's really close. It's going to be at the Hyatt in Orlando. They'll end up opening their CFP process. They open theirs early too. So do you want to see a change in influencing different spaces? submit to things like this. They're not as big as the RSA. They're intimate. They're still small to a degree. Mm -hmm. We have 3,000 people here for ISC Square Congress, but it's nice. It's a really nice little show. So I'm, I'm curious, what, what kind of attendees usually go to ISC Square Congress? Is it usually the businessy folks like the CISOs or managerial type people, or is it kind of the same people that you see at the community cons? I would say, if, and this is me just guessing, is that maybe, maybe 10% of the attendees are the ones that are going to be at the community cons. Okay. Uh, the rest are all, you see a lot of like security analysts. You see a lot of people that companies will, will send them here to keep up their CPEs because this is, supports the certifications and whatnot. Okay. So you see a, a lot more buy-in. And I know we're going to kind of go a little bit off tangent, but I do want to talk just a smidge about when, when we're saying community versus professional, my definition of it right now is is a little skewed. I think there is a community in the information security professional space, but it does not operate like the community culture con does. And that's where I would actually lump Derby a little bit as a hybrid, as a culture con that still has some professional aspects to it. Whereas this is 100% an industry conference with a little bit of their own little community pieces in there. Well, we kind of wanted to touch on that too. when we were talking about opinions and having healthy, positive debates and all that kind of stuff. But there's also that weird blurring in our community where you can't really so much tell the difference between what's a professional 
way to act in the community cons because like remember a couple years ago or maybe it was longer i don't know the internet has distorted my sense of time remember there used to be a time where we were really skeptical about using our real names associated with our handles or even our pictures our real pictures as our avatar like i would always use a skull with a bow on her head and then you would use an actual barbie and we were really careful about not using our real names because we wanted that separation of business and hacker. And I don't think that's so much the case anymore. Do you? I think that it's, no, I don't think it's the case. (laughs) My my short answer is is no, is because I think that our expectations or even false sense of privacy is gone. The first time that you give a talk that says, I'm making woo slash Totenkopf in the title of the talk, you're done. You're now Googleable. It's done. It's over with. I think you and I both do know some people that are not necessarily professional information security professionals that still Mm -hmm. use only a handle, try really, really hard to hold privacy. Yeah. But they're so few and far between because the discipline required. It is a lot. OPSEC is hard. I mean, we joke about it a lot, but real good OPSEC practiced constantly and diligently. That's hard, dude. If you're in an information technology space where you're going to be participating in conferences or authoring white papers or being a part of part of a team that's going to list you on a website, that's where OBSEC, I think, really just starts getting blown into the gutter. It's too freaking easy. It's scary. It actually makes me feel very vulnerable. If you own a home, you're screwed. Oh, yeah. I mean, isn't that terrible? <laughs> that like as soon as you own one home, the only your only play is to own multiple homes and just make somebody guess where you're at. <laughs> Sorry, did I just, I overshot on that one really hard. No, no, I think it's <laughs> totally relevant because if I'm going to bring it on back. So <laughs> um, what's surprising is, remember back in the day when we wanted to have arguments on like IRC and stuff like that, it was still pretty anonymous. So people would sometimes get a little bit more nasty sharing their opinions than they probably should or would have if people re- knew their real names and identities. Yeah. But I've noticed this weird trend where now we know each other. A lot of us know each other really well, but are still really kind of crappy to each other when trying to form like a different opinion or to share an unpopular opinion, right? And yeah, or an opinion that just goes that. against the grain. That right. It's an opinion. Nobody's stating things generally, I would hope. I think we all can at least work on making sure that when we state things or give an opinion, we can do it in a constructive, positive way. <laughs> you <Sorry>. know. <laughs> yeah. I had to laugh because, I don't know, have you ever seen The Good Wife? No. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So being from Chicago, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> I understand. There's a recurring character, a judge. She's like part of the grand, no, not the grand jury, like the next level up from the normal courts, whatever. Every time somebody says something, she's very adamant about, is that your opinion? And they'd have to be like, it, it, yes. They weren't allowed to state something as fact unless it was something like, oh, most of your body is made out of water or something like that. If otherwise, mm-hmm. it is your opinion and you should preface it with, in my opinion. <laughs> and I, I'm just like, man, that'd be kind of cool, but also very irritating. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> we have enough sensitivity issues going on. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I think what you're, you're kind of hitting on when we're talking about this kind of brings it back to we're talking about privacy we're talking about how when we're openly stripping and putting our names out there yeah in the same token 
that does give us our individual identity. So what I'm curious about is what's what's going on where people are are losing that capability to think for themselves and evaluate things and not just take things at face value. When did we lose that? When did we lose the the hacker mentality or information sec- or security mentality? I'm not I don't want to label it one or the other because it's in both the whole trust but validate or just validate in general or right. understand what what's going on. You see something going on, you want to support it, that's great, but understand it. Just understand it and have an opinion about why you either support it or don't support it. Right. And don't hate on people who don't jive with that. That's okay. People are allowed to like things that you don't like and vice versa. Absolutely. (laughs) It's okay. It's not a personal attack. It's not. It's not a personal attack. People aren't trying to strip fun from things when they're stating something. They're just stating something. Yeah. I think it comes back a little bit to empathy too, is like, hey, dude, you don't know where this person's coming from. So take the time to either ask them or stop and think about it. You know, I agree. And here's something that I struggle with. What does it mean to be part of this community, family, information security community, hacking community, information security professional, industry, all these words that we use, nobody has a good definition of them. And is there a time where we at least need to make a broad definition and then, you know, have kind of a expected behavior in those spaces? Hmm. I'm just throwing that out there where, for example, I had a all-day meeting on Sunday. I didn't dress up in my business professional attire on a Sunday for an all-day board meeting. Some people did and some people didn't. But Mm -hmm. there was no expectation of what the dress attire was going to be. I didn't feel comfortable for half of my day. I needed to change to make myself feel comfortable in that environment. So I felt like I was assimilating appropriately. And that whole idea for me of acting appropriately. If we don't have guidelines to act appropriately, how does anybody know? Same thing for hiring. I'm taking this way down there, Megan. So I'm going to shut up in a second. No, no, because it goes back to social norms and stuff like that. And then the problem is when you fall into the trap of, okay, you have your social norms and things that are good and acceptable and moral and ethical, et cetera, et cetera, as defined by the group. It could be society as a, you know, at large, it could be in the community, whatever. But the danger is when we take those norms to an extreme and that's true about anything, right? If you do anything to an extreme, a little bit of ice cream is okay. But if you eat like a gallon a day, that's an extreme and probably not good for you. With social norms, if you take that too far, that's where you get into that group think where you're discouraged from being an individual or being creative or taking responsibility for your actions. And I think Twitter, not just InfoSec Twitter, but Twitter in general aids and abets that group think kind of mentality. I don't know. That's, that's my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, that's, I, I'm thinking about that. I agree, but I want to chew on it a little bit more and kind of really understand how, what the implications of these things are and where we're going with it. Right. I think you made this really good statement when we were chatting about being, I'm, I'm going to massacre this, so jump in and fix it. But basically where <laughs> like hacker cons way back when, take it 10, 12 years ago, oh, we're like, boy. yeah, that one where, you know, where it's like a kids having a party in a house and there's no parents home kind of yeah. a thing, or there's no regulation. There's, there's nobody watching and there's nobody that's caring because the industry wasn't what it is today. There, it's just, it wasn't what it is today right. at all. And 
they weren't being corporate sponsored as hard as it is today. And, you know, people had jobs in IT and hacking was a hobby and it wasn't directly related in a lot of cases, at least not with the hacking cons. Right. You know, whereas today, I think we should have some guidelines, not saying steadfast rules. And I'm not here trying to be the, the stogie person going, no, you need to abide by these rules. That's not it at all. But I also need to say that if it's a community conference or a community event that is culture, like a community culture, I think I use like Gen Con, Dragon Con, a lot of those as some examples, that they are what they are. That's where the expectations are. You're not going to see somebody who works at Exxon getting sent there for training. You know, that's not necessarily going to happen. Right. You're not asking for like a manual like Robert's Rules of Order or something like that. (laughs) But yeah, no, and you, you didn't butcher that at all. That's exactly what I was kind of going for was, for me at least, I find myself moderating what I say a lot because all of a sudden there's a lot more people watching us mm-hmm. and looking for guidance. So it's a little bit like, okay, we're, we're kind of growing up as an industry. I think I called us high schoolers in the metaphor I used <laughs> earlier. I referred to us as middle schoolers because we were the kids, right? But now we have, we're like the senior class almost. And just to carry this metaphor way too far. No, no, I think you're. Um, I think you're actually going a really good direction with it. Yeah, we're like the the seniors slash the the kids that went away to college. Right, and, and we have all of these like freshmen and sophomores who are coming into the industry, and they're looking to us for like, okay, what's the right way to behave here? What is the norm? And I want us to think about that responsibility we have to at least a little bit of an extent. For example, I love love, love, love DC 101, the panel, how they make it a game and fun and interactive to name the noob. I love name the noob. I think that it was such a great idea. It's stuff like that, that really drives home the, oh, wow, they're really starting to look up to us and I don't know why. And it's kind of scary. So I've been a little bit more careful in recent years about what I say and how I say it, because I don't want to say something that's intentionally hurtful or spiteful or things like that. Like I might've back in the day, but these people are watching and if they're like oh wow so it's okay to tear people down for fun no that's that was really shitty of me to do and I think and would love to hear your opinion on this what do you think about the fact that I think a lot of us again coming up so fast a lot of us got larger audiences and larger voices than maybe at the time we were prepared to be responsible for and I think I still see that today with certain people that they have they don't realize the size of their audience is what I'm trying to say. They're not realizing what the impact that they think they're making a little a little ripple, but really by the time the message gets out there, it's a huge wave crashing down on people. Yeah, that's something I've really been struggling with recently because I think about what I'm putting out there on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, and I want to moderate it so I'm kind, but also... I want to be authentic. So how are you kind? Well, I guess you can be kind all the time, whatever. And authentic all the time. (laughs) Okay, Megan. I know. Truth telling here about you. But no, like I think about some of the stuff I put out there. I moderate myself, but then I worry that I moderate myself too much and then I'm no longer being authentic to who I am at the expense of making sure that nobody feels alienated. Yeah. It is tricky, but I think we're all figuring it out. And I think that's something that, again, we're talking 
talking about opinions and having opinions and being positive and constructive, I think this is something that we all need to start talking about and having opinions on it, not steadfast. I'm not changing my opinions, but saying, okay, this is how I feel about it. How do you feel about it? And really, that's the only way we're all going to build off each other and figure it out appropriately. Heck, yeah. I'm going to say it. We have somebody in charge of this country that has no responsibility to how he handles himself in social media. And yep. somebody has to be the leaders in figuring some of these things out and figuring out behavior and being better as a community or professionals or whatever you want to call us that are trying to say, hey, we're trying to get you to secure your infrastructure. We're trying to save you guys from yourself, but yet we're going to act like fools. We have to take responsibility somewhere. We have to find the line. And right. if the line is having professional conferences that people are looking towards for that information, but then you have a culture conference where you go to just to have fun and shiggles, that's fine. Okay. With social media, right? And coming up into it like we are something else. First of all, yes, I agree that we need to be kinder and also stay authentic to ourselves and our voice and the hacker spirit and mentality. That being said, maybe we should police ourselves a little bit better and not be so like we should be accepting to an extent and beware of the people who are there to capitalize off of us just because they see that there's an open market or a open mic available to them. And the closest thing would be these kids these days uh, on the Instagrams and Twitters and Snapchats and friend spaces and all that. They have social media influencers. God, I sound like an old <laughs> Mercurial is somewhere like so proud of me, probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> I taught her so well. <laughs> but yeah, not be rude or anything. Again, just a little bit more skeptical about people's intentions. Because while we should all strive to be authentic, we need to recognize that not everybody is going to be their most authentic selves. That's true. And I don't think everybody knows who their most authentic self is. Oh, yeah. That's another struggle. That's another, that's for a whole different Whole other psychotherapy episode. <laughs> it really, when we dive into that. But I think we'll you're- unpack that. <laughs> um, I think you're hitting on it where- not everyone is playing by the same rules. That, yeah. I think that's across the board, whether it's you're talking about influencers, if you're talking about organizers, you're talking about people in the community, you're talking about people on Twitter. The thing is, there, no one's ever going to all play by the same rules. You can just be kind, I guess is what I want to say. I think there's nothing ever going to be wrong with you expressing an opinion with kindness and love with it. And saying it from your heart and saying, hey, I'm not trying to be the authoritative person on any subject, but if I see something that I feel is wrong, I need to speak up and say something. I think right. anything from what just happened in the confirmation hearings, all that, I think we learned that don't wait, and I'm, I'm not trying to get this into that type of speaking up, any kind of speaking up, don't wait. Say it when you, when you see it, say it kind of a thing. Right. If something bothers you, say it. And the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to make that opinion known, do it with kindness and love, and you have to just let it go into the universe. Let it happen, and hopefully it's embraced, and maybe you have a dialogue. But yeah. you're going to get haters. You're going you're gonna to have all this adversarial people. Depending on the opinion, going back to your group think, there are people that are going to be aggressive towards you. And if you really dig into asking them why, you'd be amazed. I mean, with kindness and compassion, ask them why they feel that way or why, why they're saying that to you. Most oh, of them wait, are either show empathy yourself. Yes, show empathy yourself. I think this is a good time to kind of throw it out there that you guys yeah. have listened to us now for 
two podcasts. Hopefully you've made it to this point in the podcast, but this is not going to be the norm of how Megan and I are going to be doing podcasts. We actually are going to be inviting people to join us and join the conversation. So if you want to be part of the conversation, just keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, we would love to hear people's opinions on different things that we might not agree with. Like, oh, no, it'd be really fun. What? (laughs) In a really kind of like terrible idea kind of way is if we had somebody on that was pro Trevor again or pro Trevor forget because I know I know your feelings about it and you're not like the biggest fan of it and I personally just don't want cockroaches in my timeline anymore because I live in Florida and I get enough of that but I think it'd be cool is if we had like we were talking about a kind debate with somebody else who is like all for it and can talk to us about it without getting too wrapped up in like the emotion of it. And then I could kind of moderate the conversation. What do you think? I would love that. I'd love for someone to come on. And what we're talking about specifically is over the past weekend, there was a vigil at DerbyCon for a cockroach that happened from a situation that happened a year ago. Just for context, I know not everyone that listens to this knows the inside jokes of the community and whatnot. But if anybody from from DerbyCon or from that feels strongly but yet can be opinionated and have a non-emotional debate, I want to hear from you. And definitely, Megan, let's let's do that and have a moderator kind of work that out. Because I think the core components around it surround just how we're perceived as an industry. And whether or not you feel that that whole incident is an industry-specific situation or do you feel, what do you feel about community? And what does that community mean to you and how does that exclude that behavior you know there's a lot of layers to it it's like an ogre or an onion ogres are like onions <laughs> feel back the layers i love my shrek references <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> i think that would be a lot of fun so if you have questions or opinions about this week's episode message us on twitter we are at four bits podcast you can follow our blog at fourbitspodcast.com. I have a couple of more, I think we both actually have a couple of more tips for how to get the most out of cons that we'll publish up there. And then maybe more about compassion. Will people read a blog about compassion? <laughs> That's a good question. Please tweet oh, us if, you, if you're yeah. interested in seeing a blog about compassion or if you want to further the conversation on a separate podcast about, about compassion and empathy and how that relates to what we do for a living and what we do you know, for the hobbyists out there what we do as a hobby. Yes. And also please subscribe to us on iTunes if you aren't completely sick of our tangents and opinions and other stuff. You just have fun hanging out with us. That's cool. And also if you wouldn't mind reading us. So thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. And we will see you next week for episode three. 